Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Thank the Lord for prayer. We've said a lot of them in the last few weeks. You know the Lord answers every one of them. We're so thankful for that. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful that we can assemble back in your house today. And we're thankful for these, your people who have come to worship you. And we pray, Father, that we help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, speak to our hearts in a very special way today. Father, we know that your son Jesus came for us. He went to the cross for us, rose from the grave for us, ascended back to the Father for us, with a promise that he's coming again for us. How grateful we are for that. Now bless even those that may not have said anything today about what you have done, but Lord, we know that you are a great God. But Lord, bless and have your will and way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, we want to bring a message this morning, the sacrificial lamb. Just a few weeks, we will be experiencing Easter, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But as we look to that, we want to look at the sacrificial lamb this morning. The Bible says, chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. From Eden, where sin was introduced into the world, down to the cross of Christ, where the eternal sacrifice was made, the red line of sacrifice was unbroken. Yes, even in the garden, Jesus knew that he was going to go to the cross for us. Old sinful man. All the sacrifices found their culmination in the Lamb of God on Calvary. Of course, you know what went on in the garden. Adam and Eve sinned, broke that relationship they had with the Lord Jesus Christ. But a lamb had to be slain. God took their coats, the lamb's coats, of skin and made a coat for the man and the women, woman. Sacrifices. We've all sacrificed at some point or another, but not like God and not like the Lord Jesus Christ. God gave himself, Jesus Christ gave himself. All man-provided offerings came far short of the righteousness of God. We don't have any other than what Jesus Christ gives to us. That's our righteousness. And as we look back at the Old Testament, Solomon, when dedicating the temple, offered 22,000 oxen, 120,000 sheep, but even after all of this, it was still not enough to satisfy God's righteousness in men. It took his son, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for us in order for God to be satisfied 
in forgiving our sin. In mercy to a sin-smitten world, God provided for himself a lamb. And of course, we're all familiar with the story of Abraham and Isaac in Genesis chapter 22. Abraham wants to offer Isaac, but God provided a sacrifice. You know the story. They built the altar, put the wood on it. Abraham tied his son, Isaac, placed him on the altar. And just as Abraham began to bring that knife down, God stopped him because there was a better plan. Abraham would have given his son. But you know, as you read the scripture, we're going to go over to Mount Moriah, but we are going to come back. Now, who is the we? Abraham and Isaac. That's how much faith Abraham had in his God. We are going to come back. And that's exactly what happened. In John 1:29, the Bible says that John introduces the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. But as we look at our first point this morning, we see what this sacrifice was in verse 2. He gave himself for us. What did he give for us? Well, first of all, he gave his love. For God so loved the world. Christ gave his all. Went to that cross and died. And by giving himself, he gave all of his love for you and for me and for everybody in the whole world, past, present, and future. But not only did he give his love, but he gave his time. He left heaven's glory in a perfect place with a perfect father, imperfect himself, came down to this world which was imperfect, but yet lived a perfect life so that he could help us. He gave his time. But he also gave his power. Think about all that Jesus did while he was here. Any of you ever turned a stone into bread? No, I haven't either. Any of you ever turned water into wine? No, I haven't either. But we see his power. Walk up to people or a person who had a withered hand. Stick out that hand. His power was shown. Walk up to a funeral possession. Stop them. And the young man is raised back to life. What a wonderful Savior we have. He gave himself. But he also gave his wisdom to all of us through his word. Even at the age of 12, he was confounding the learned scholars as he was sitting in the temple. They were asking questions. He was answering. He was asking questions. They were trying to answer the questions. But even then, those Pharisees knew that there was something about that little 12-year-old boy. And it came to pass that they didn't like it too much. 
because about 18, 21 years later, where did they put him? They put him on that cross. Now we don't have to worry about him anymore. But little did they know they were fooling around with the Son of God. But we also see while he was on that cross, he shed his blood for you and for me. The Bible tells us without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. Aren't you glad for that blood? Aren't you glad for all the fullness of life that he gave to us through his death on Calvary's cross, through his resurrection from the grave? He gave all the fullness of life to us. And on that moment when each of us gave himself for us. But not only did he give himself for us, but he gave himself to God. As Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for an offering and a sacrifice to God. That's how much the Son loved the Father because he knew the Father was all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present and could do anything that he wanted to do. God was not going to leave his Son in the tomb. God was going to raise him up so that we could have a wonderful, wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of you who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you know how wonderful he is. Because when we have problems, we can go to him. When we have trials, he'll walk with us through them. He is a wonderful Savior. But God is a universal ruler. God is still in charge. I don't care what man says. I don't care what government says. But God is a universal ruler, and he will always be in charge of everything. Because that's who he is. And his son is just as powerful as he is. The grave couldn't hold Jesus. It would never stop him. But all those folks that hung him on the cross thought they had gotten rid of him. But you see, God is the universal ruler of all mankind and everything that we will ever see or ever have. But he is also a righteous judge. You sneak around and you do something, you think you've gotten by with it. God's taking his pen and writing it down in the book. And it'll remain there until you confess that sin and it's covered with blood. And then he'll never see it anymore. 
Wouldn't it be great if we could do that? If we could forgive and forget. Sometimes we want to hold a grudge forever and forever. But God is a righteous judge because he knew that forgiveness was needed. Our forgiveness. We were born in trespasses and sin. And we needed forgiveness. But only God could give it. Only God through his son, Jesus Christ, by dying on the cross, shedding his blood, could we have forgiveness. God will and does save, but he does it justly. He doesn't hold one person above anybody else. He is the same. He is just when he forgives sin, especially when he gave my sin. And I'm so thankful for that. But we see that God gave himself, or Jesus gave himself to God. And the third thing that we see, for whom it was made, again in verse 2, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and given himself for us to whom it was made he gave it for us everyone I wrote down a few people here in which God touched in a very special way and of course the first one that came to mind was old reckless Saul who became Paul the preacher, the missionary. Paul included himself because he did persecute people because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mary Magdalene in whom all those devils were cast out. But we also see the woman at the well. Come see a man who has told me every sin that I've ever done over the years. Had five husbands living with a man, not her husband. But Jesus told her about that. Well, how did you know? Well, Jesus knows everything. And folks, when we try to hide stuff from the Lord, good luck. You'll never do it because he knows. But we also see that eunuch, Acts chapter 8. Philip was having a wonderful time in revival services in Samaria. But God told him to go down to the desert. I got one man down there I want you to talk to. Now, how many of us would have left a revival service and gone to talk to one man? But Philip was obedient. He got down to the desert and he saw this big long caravan coming by. And how did he know which chariot to attach himself to? God led him every step of the way. And when he got there, the eunuch was reading the scriptures. Philip, do you understand what you're reading? How can I accept somebody tell me, would you come up here and explain this to me, sir? Philip did, and at the very same spot, he began to preach unto him Jesus, 
And the old Philip, old eunuch said, well, what hinders me to be baptized? Philip said, if you believe, you can. What was his testimony? The same testimony that we must have today. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's it. Right here in the heart, where it's got to be. Not up here, because this will fool you sometimes. But when you believe in the heart, just like that eunuch, God saved him. And he went on his way, the Bible says, rejoicing because of what the Lord Jesus Christ had done for him. But what about that old Roman centurion? Acts chapter 10. God can do anything he wants to do. But sometimes God's limited because we won't let him. We think we know it all, but we don't know anything. But God knows everything. All Paul described himself as a blasphemer, a murderer. We look at ourselves and we're poor, needy, morally deformed, alienated from God. But Jesus Christ, as the sinner's substitute, died for you and for me. And it was entirely voluntary. I don't know the conversation that went on in heaven, but who will go for me, God said. Jesus said, I'll go. Aren't you glad that Jesus was willing to come? Go to that old cruel cross. Suffer all the shame. But yet he gave himself for us. What a wonderful Savior. But we also see the motive for it. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. Do you love people like that? Now, I'm including myself. That's hard. Now, I'll just tell you the truth. That's hard. I've never been beaten. I've never had my beard pulled out. I've never been stripped. I've never been placed before a whole army there and made mockery out of. Jesus never said a word. He took what Satan threw at him through mankind, knowing that there was a better day coming. Yes, he went to that cross. They didn't have to force him to lay down. He laid down there voluntarily. They drove those spikes into his hands and his feet, lifted him up between heaven and earth. God had to turn his back on his own son because the son became sin for us. Man didn't want him and God couldn't look on him because of sin. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
question is, why have we forsaken God a lot of times? God forsook his own son. But I'll tell you the truth. He's never forsaken me. He has never forsaken you. And he never will. That's how much love that God has for us. The motive for it. He loved us. He gave himself for us. The Bible tells us in John 13, 34, love one another as I have loved you. Have you tried that? Now, I know we're not perfect, but we ought to try just as hard as we can to do that very same thing. God loved us so much that he gave his son. Do we love God enough that we'll give ourselves back to God? Whatever he has for us to do, are we willing to do that? Love one another as I have loved you. For the Bible tells us in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Now you'll hear me quote that time after time because that's one of the most precious verses in the Bible to me, that God so loved me. God so loved the world that he gave the very best that he had, the Lord Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, so that we could be saved. But we also see the purpose of it in verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God. We ought to imitate God by walking in love. Love one another, the Bible says. We ought to imitate his self-sacrificing life. Jesus knew why he came to this world. Because many years before, he created the world. And as I mentioned, Abraham and Isaac, they went on that three-day journey. Took two of the slaves and the donkey and the wood and the sacrifice that was to be made. After three days, the Bible says that Abraham looked up and he saw that hill. Young men, you stay here. The lad and I were going to go worship God and come back. Now that's faith. Now God had just said, go sacrifice your son. But here Abraham said, the lad and I will go worship and come back. What was Abraham's thought? Well, he knew God. And he knew that if God wanted to, he could raise Isaac right back up from the dead. But as I already said, when he had that knife ready to go down, God said, stop. I've got a greater sacrifice. My only son down the road on this same hill 
Moriah in the Old Testament, Calvary in the New Testament. They nailed him to that cross, stood that cross up. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, died for you and for me. Yes, it was a self-sacrificing life that he gave for us. The Bible says he pleased not himself, but he pleased God. Matthew 5, if any man would follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Folks, we need to take that cross up and continue carrying that cross. Not the Lord's cross, but our cross. And continue carrying that cross until they lower us down in the ground or go up in the rapture. There's a point in our childhood we may be poor imitations of our father, but through obedience we can grow into the perfect likeness or pretty close to it. There was a point in my life I did not know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. I tried to imitate him, but I could not because sin reigned in my life. But on that Friday night when God got a hold of me, he changed that. And I've tried ever since to lift up the name of Jesus because he's worthy. Oh, I've failed from time to time, but God is also gracious to forgive and to put me right back on that road of serving him just like he will each of us. Colossians 1.10 says, walk worthy of the Lord and all well-pleasing. Walk worthy of the Lord and all well-pleasing. As we look, well, let's see, I see a few children in here, but we've all got children, I know. But children learn from watching their mom and dad. Watch what you say in front of those kids. Because they will imitate it. And after they pick it up, it's hard to break it. Watch what you do in front of your children. Jesus Christ does that all the time because he's perfect. And he wants us to walk in his love. Yes, we learn by following. The song says, you offer hope when our hearts have hopeless, hopelessly lost our way. There's hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it also says here in our weakness, you found us. I'm so glad. I wasn't looking for God. And a lot of times we'll say in our testimony, I found God or I found the Lord. He was never lost. We are. Aren't you glad that God 
found us. Here in our spiritual hunger, you feed us. That's why he gave us this. I love to eat. I love good steak. I like good potatoes. You can tell that. But do we love this as much as we do going to the table? Do we spend time in this every day? If you don't, you're missing a blessing from the Lord Jesus Christ. But we also hear in that same song, here in our lostness, you came to us. Aren't you glad he left heaven's glory? Born in that little manger. Grew up, started preaching around the age of 30. Age of 33, 33 and a half. Satan couldn't take it any longer. So he had men to nail him to the cross. Thank you, Lord. Because in my lostness, I sure needed you. And you did exactly what you said you would do. When I would confess my sins, believe in you, trust you, and ask you to become my Lord and Savior, you did that very thing for me and for all of these, your children. For those out there listening on the radio, YouTube, wherever you may be, if you're lost, admit that lostness. Admit your sin. Admit that you cannot do any better. Let Jesus Christ come into your heart and life. Save your soul. Change you from the inside out. Then you'll begin to walk worthy of all pleasing unto the Lord as he's promised to walk with us. Would you bow your heads, please? Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.